Andrew Anton Mako is a Papua New Guinea academic who is also working with the Australian National University's Development Policy Centre. He's from Pogera, which is the site of the sometimes controversial and soon to reopen Pogera Gold Mine. He's written extensively on the impact of the mine on the district, both its benefits and its curses, and spoke passionately about it with Don Wiseman. You grew up in Pogera. It's a district with a troubled recent past. But what was it like growing up in Pogera? You know, Pogera, it is part of uh, Enga province, or the western part of Enga province. Pogera town grew with the discovery of uh, gold mines. So it was predominantly a traditional village, a traditional district without modern government services, right? So with the onset of the mine and discovery of the mine, that's when they started building the Pogera township. And then further down to my place where I come from is the Payala district. So, so Pogera Payala. Recently, the government decided to to break up the, the electorate into two. So Lagai District and uh, Pogera Payala District. They started as villages, but now they're really cities, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. It's a big mining township. The population before the mine was about 4,000. Now it has exploded. The SML population, the special mining lease population, is more than 70,000. It has grown. And then you've got people from all over the country settling in into Pogera because of the mine. Have they come because there were jobs there, or have they come just looking for an opportunity. Both. They are there because they got jobs in the mine as well as there are people moving in looking for opportunities and then because of the kinship ties as well because uh, many people from Pogara have married outside as well. The mine started and it was a significant boon in terms of the provision of services and just general facilities. Just how significant was that? The mine actually transformed not only the Pogara pilot district but it also transformed the Enga province. Right, Enga province before the mine it was really underdeveloped. So in a province, the provincial government has got stake in it as well. So with that money, they were able to develop the province as well. So pay for school fees for in a province students. And then Ogera as a township, it really, really grew because of the mine. We got modern hospitals, high school, new roads, new settlements. Before the mine, people were living in traditional houses. With the mine, people were relocated from where the mine situated. They were housed in a modern houses. Huh? So it really really, really transformed the lives of the local Pogarans, huh? from a traditional lifestyle to a modern way of life within a generation, within a few years. There was clearly a lot of money in the community, so what did people do with it? You would think that with this flood of people, there would be flourishing of commerce and so on. Did that happen? So the mine pays the Pogara landowners the royalties, right? And then they also receive a bit of money from the equity side of things as well and the compensation to the destruction of the land as well. So when the mine started, then people receive a lot of money. But it is from a point where they were living in a traditional life. They were not properly equipped with their own financial literacy and all that to actually invest the money in productive investments and ventures and all that. But most of the time, the money was spent on consumption and all that, which is good. You know, it improves the lives of the people, right? So... Initially, you know, the royalties were, you know, um, in large amount because the population of the SMN, the landowners, were, were small. But then with the uh, increase in the population, there is little to go around. So that's one of the problems we have seen. Yes. In fact, for the last several years, there have been no royalties because the mine has been shut. But things have got very bad in and around Pogera, haven't they? You know, we've heard stories of people not willing to leave their houses because they were scared of the potential for violence and so on, yet the mine is about to reopen, it would seem. Is it 
you know, we've gone from this relative golden age and then through hellish period for Porgera. Uh, is Porgera going to have another golden age, do you think? Is it possible? You know, it, it is possible, but it really depends on how the, the proceeds from the mine that will be given to the, uh, to the landowners will be used. You know, in the past, it was only 2.5% of the mine equity stake. Now, the landowners have been given um, 10% free carry by the government. So it will be a lot of money. It is estimated around um, 25 million, kina, right? That's a lot of money for the next uh, 20 years. So even though the proceeds will increase, the main issue is the governance of the use of that money, whether it will be used productively to improve the lives of the people or whether it will be used for mostly on consumption. That's the key issue and then that's what I feel as well. What is in place to ensure that it doesn't just get all spent on consumption, that more goes into education and developing sustainable businesses and so on? There are certain things that it needs to be done. I think education is number one. I think, you know, at the moment, poker landowners on SML Children Trust Fund that pays for um, the school fees of uh, poker landowners, but I think that trust fund needs to be properly set up as well. Its governance needs to be strengthened as well going forward because uh, we have not seen a lot of students going past high school and secondary school, so they need to do a lot of work in terms of strengthening the trust fund so that we can get a lot of children in school, but actually to get them do well in school and to get beyond high school to go to universities and other tertiary colleges and things like that. One of the things that I was uh, proposing is to set up a long-term fund for the Pogara landowners. The mine is, is estimated to uh, last only 20 years when it resumes and then after that there won't be any uh, anything to go by if, if the money is just spent on consumption spending. So I, what I was proposing was to set up a long-term fund that will cater for socioeconomic development post the uh, Gold mine. And then also at the district level as well, you know, district administration it needs to be strengthened as well and fully funded properly. Its governance needs to be strengthened. There is a Pogara Development Authority that has been set up as a special purpose authority that was set up by the government. That needs to be strengthened as well because that particular entity is um, set up to fund the social economic development of Pogara Paiala District. And so far, it has not been able to do its tasks. Governance is really, really important uh, because if they do not set up their structures properly, the 25 billion or so that has been promised, I mean, that has been um, estimated for landowners will be misused and uh, he did not have anything to show for after the 20 years. The critical thing, though, is getting a handle on this violence. Is the reopening of the mine and the creation of jobs and having more money in the community, is that going to stop that or is it going to make it worse? What's the local solution to the law and order issue? That's really important. Law and order is really important. That's one of the things that I think the government have a handle of now before the mine starts. I think there are some efforts being done by the national government and the provincial government and the district authorities as well as the local stakeholders. But, you know, if, if the locality is not not safe. It will be difficult to attract people to come and work and and leave when the mine resumes. So I think law and order is a big issue. The issue escalated during the closure period of the mine. So it is really important that they get that uh, law and order issue under control before the mine resumes, and then they need to have a permanent solution to it. You know, it's really important that they do that. Uh, this will include the provision of jobs and all that to the young people in the, in the community, get those young people involved in a meaningful activity so that they can get away from the tribal fights and things like that. And then having a permanent solution that will include the involvement of communities so that they can actually solve problems before they escalate and then also to have a permanent presence of police force as well as at the reinforced level.